Welcome back everybody to the Young Adult Novel Audio Podcast and I am reading from the original novel, The Immortal Mage Chronicles. Um, This book is not published um, so you will only be able to get this book here on this podcast. Um, I'm going to be starting from chapter two. If you've been following along with me, I started chapter one a few days ago and it's titled book two um, because the I have another book I just finished, which was Supernatural Academy. So check out that one if you haven't. Those are chapters one through 26. Um, this is starting book two. So the brand new book Um and this will be chapter two of that book. Check out the Facebook um, page. It is at YA Audio Podcast. Um, again, that is at YA Audio Podcast. That's how you can find the page. Check it out. Leave me a message or a comment on what you want to hear if you're interested in the book or if you want me to read another one. Um, So it's a good way to keep in contact with me. And I appreciate you guys. So without further ado, I'm going to be starting with chapter two. Try to be nice. Abigail sits on the sofa and drinks her smoothie, completely ignoring Leo glaring daggers right into the side of her face. She crosses her legs and watches the television in front of her. Beside her is Safrina, who has blonde hair and blue eyes. Beside Safrina is Zinc, who has short brown hair and hazel eyes. In another chair is Lair, who has brown hair and brown eyes. Chases on the floor. Abby. Leo uses his dad voice and Abigail blinks. What? She sasses because she can. Leo's left eye twitches. You should apologize is what he's referring to. Trevor really means it too. He felt bad when he heard Calissa speak and now she must be going through a lot right now. Having a bunch of teenagers laugh in her face isn't the best way to start a new school. Just because you grow a conscience doesn't mean I will, Abigail deadpans. Truthfully, she didn't like the way Leonard was clinging so close to Calissa. He's too nice for his own good. If someone doesn't chase the girls away, he'll fall into a trap time and time again. Don't be such a bitch all the time, Zink speaks up as he smokes his cigarette, his e-cigarette. The girl seems nice enough. Besides, her family founded this school. You should thank her. Zink has a good point, Chase nods. There is something about her, Abigail squints as she recalls Calissa's burst of anger. She's definitely wound tight and is a ticking time bomb. She can't be trusted. I'm telling you guys. Because she did something so untrustworthy within the five seconds you met her, Zink snorts. 
I think Abby is referring to the fact that Calissa snapped for a brief moment. Layer said absentmindedly as she texts on her phone. Her boyfriend has been annoying her lately, so she's trying to show him she cares by entertaining him in his daily life. Thank you. Abigail shouts like she just won something. Uh, after the way you treated her, I'm surprised she didn't punch you in the face, Safrina jokes. I'd would have. Ha ha, Abigail glares. <sighs> Just, Leo tries to get back control over the conversation. Try to be nice. It's like slamming your head against a brick wall when it comes to Abigail. She only listens to what she wants. Your actions were uncalled for, and it made you seem like a bully. Ugh, whatever. Can we forget about her? Abigail pouts. We have classes tomorrow, and I don't want to spend my last bit of free time talking about some new girl with less magic than my six-year-old self. Nice. Leo shakes his head. You're being a dick. You really are a dick. Safrina raises her brows to say, I agree with Leo. Changing topic, please. Abigail sips more of her drink. She's ignoring the fact that Leo calling her a dick hurts her more than anything. This stupid lump in her throat needs to go away. Can't Leo see she's being mean to Calissa for a reason? That girl seems suspicious. Fine. Let's talk about Callie, Trevor shouts. Leo pushes the teen and the two start to wrestle while Abigail gets lost in thought. She wonders if she can push more of that anger out of Calissa and watch as Leo sees the girl for who she really is. A wolf in disguise. The rest of the day goes by peaceful. The seven friends spend the rest of their day at Safrina's parents' house before heading back to campus for the night. Now being the next morning, all are scheduled to resume classes. The seven have homeroom together along with Calissa, much to Abigail's annoyance, especially when Leo goes to sit beside her. Georgia Hunts, Professor Omar the homeroom teacher in American history professor calls Roll and begins and brings and it brings Abigail out of her thoughts. Has anyone seen Georgia today? Is she checking? Um I'm her roommate. She never shut up. Barbara Young raises her hand to state. This makes Abigail raise an eyebrow. Georgia is hands down the nerdiest girl alive. She's short, wears thick glasses, has unruly brown hair, and dark, dark brown eyes. She lives in the library. There's no way she would miss the first day of school unless something serious happened. <sighs> Professor Almer rubs his chin. All right, strange. I'll check on it later. For now, let's continue. The man keeps going, and Abigail tunes him out. She can't help but make eyes at Leo, who's smiling and laughing at something Calissa said. It probably wasn't even funny in the first place. As the class drags on, the professor discusses the same boring things all the students already know. Don't practice magic without permission. No leaving campus without permission. No going to the opposite sex dorms without permission. No posting anything from the school on social media. No bullying 
always show up to classes, follow cars for you, blah, blah, blah. Abigail ignores all of this in favor, thinking of ways to push Calissa's buttons. She smirks as she gets an idea. Um, Professor, Abigail raises her hand as she uses her sweet voice. The glasses wearing Professor stops mid-sentence and clears his throat. He's around five foot eight with sandy blonde hair and tree bark brown eyes. He has a red button nose and loves wearing long sleeve shirts despite the heat. Um, yes, Abigail, he answers. You never introduced the new student, Abigail smirks, as she makes eye contact to Calissa, who seems to be sinking in her seat. Leo is glaring, but she ignores it. Her name is Calissa. She comes from Wyoming, and she's a maroon. Gasps fill the classroom as well as little whispers. Some chuckle. Calissa slides down in her chair, and Abigail counts her one. Very well. The professor seems nervous as he looks at Calissa and the rest of the class. All right, settle down, settle down. Uh, nice to meet you, Calissa. Welcome to the school. How does she end up here with the maroon level of magic? Yuri, a man, a mean-looking fellow student, sneers. He comes from a wealthy and powerful magic family. Anything below an orange is frowned upon. Please continue with the lesson, Professor. Abigail looks at the voice and surprisingly is Zinc who speaks up. Abigail is not only shocked, but she's also angered that he would do something like that. Don't we have more rules to learn? Alright, right. Um the professor rattles on again and the students seem distracted momentarily. Abigail sighs and allows her long pink-coated fingernails to tap on her black desk. Zinc glares at her. Trevor shakes his head at her in disappointment, and Leo refuses to make eye contact altogether. Calissa's cheeks seem red, so Abigail will take a win when she can get one. The class lasts for only 15 more minutes, the bell signaling her dismissal. She goes to grab Leo, but he brushes past her with Calissa in tow as they head down the crowded hallway. Abigail is dumbfounded, especially when Calissa turns over her shoulder and smirks. Abigail's left eye twitches and she tisks before walking off to her next class. Leo hurries past people, shouldering against him as he and Calissa go their not to their natural science class they share together. It's a class really for basic potion making by getting to know different herbs and the environment. He really enjoyed it last year when it was taught by a different teacher. You'll like Professor Lyman, Leo whispers to Calissa. He's amazing. I had him when I was 13 for another subject. I'm glad he's teaching us now as well. This class is really interesting. We all take it starting at age 15. Nice, Calissa mumbles but doesn't say anything else. Leo tightens his lips and leads her into the classroom towards the back row. Not standing out might be best for right about now. At least Abigail isn't in this class, right? Leo tries to lighten the mood as they take six next to one another. Thank God for the small favors, she snorts in response. There's a slight smile to her face. It happens so quick, Leo almost misses it himself. However, he knows that it was there. 
He really does feel bad for Calissa. Leo knows that it's Calissa's family that runs the school, and it's been that way since it was established. Since that's true, then Calissa must have been discarded by her family somehow. Now that it's the last possible second, they want to accept her, and that's heartbreaking. She should have been in the school since the age of 13, so why live with her grandmother? There's so much to Calissa that is undiscovered, and Leo is interested. It's funny. Normally, Leo's not concerned with girls. At one point, he even considered himself being asexual, but with Calissa, it's like some cheesy cosmic pull is drawing him in. He wants to know why she's only in my room, wants to know why she's had to be locked away with her grandmother for so many years like a cheesy Disney princess. Most importantly, he wants to know why her hazel-colored eyes look so sad. All right, quiet down. Mr. Lyman's voice carries throughout the room and all the students see start talking. I'm Professor Lyman. You can call me Professor, Mr. Lyman, Mr. L. I'll be teaching natural science for this semester. Who wants to volunteer to pass out books? Some hands go up and Leo expects to see Calissa hiding. But instead, her hand is one of the first ones raised. Okay, a lot of eager beavers here. Mr. Lyman chuckles at his own joke. I do see a fresh face, however, so I think the young lady next to Mr. Leo Olawalski should go ahead and help me. Introduce yourself, please. Um, hi. I am Calissa, new here. Leo's surprised at how confident her voice sounds. Maybe she feels comfortable now that Abigail is gone. Well then, Calissa, grab that stack and start passing out books, Mr. Lyman commands. Students, I'll be passing around a sheet of paper. Write your name in the number book you have received. These books need to be back by the end of the semester. Richard, you might as well not even get a book. Lord knows you won't study. Leo sees Calissa laugh at this and he thinks he likes the sound. Leo watches her. She passes out all the books and then goes to sit beside him. She's still smiling and even participates in class, knowing the answers to pretty much all the questions. So even though she hasn't been in an, a magic school this entire time, it seems like she's still been studying. Interesting. Forgot to take attendance, so you all get a pass today. See you next time. Mr. Lyman finishes saying right before the bell, unlike homeroom, people actually take their time gathering their belongings and leaving. Some even stay to catch up with Mr. Lyman. The teacher stops talking to a fellow student to catch Calissa's arm. Miss Calissa, what's your last name? You do look familiar and I never forget a face, Mr. Lyman questions. Leo tenses up, afraid Mr. Lyman might be trying to hit on her or something. Leo's heard rumors of this type of thing happening before, so Leo steps closer and grabs her left hand, joining their fingers together. We should get going. You have class on the other side of campus, Leo tells her. She seems surprised by the gesture, but nods anyways, quickly escaping the room. <laughs> Sorry if I, I went too far with the hand-holding. I know you don't like human contact, but you seemed nervous. He pulls her hands away. It's okay. 
She gets hit by a random student texting while walking, and it pushes their bodies closer. Hey, can you keep a secret? She looks around before making eye contact with Leo. He nods and smiles, and he means it. He won't tell a soul. My mother is the dean here. That's why I look familiar to him. She sent me away to live with my grandmother because I was a disgrace to her for having so little magic. Leo's heart hurts. He can't imagine being rejected from his family for something he has no control over. It's shameful and disgusting. No wonder she's so reserved. Abigail must not be helping either. Leo wondered why Calissa was forced to stay with her grandmother when a family member was running the school, but he didn't expect this. I wish I could say something and make it all better, Leo decides on responding with. He adjusts his hair so his ponytail bobs as they walk. Thank you for not saying the word sorry. Calissa smiles to him, and he smiles in return. I hate that word. My grandmother would say it all the time to me. Sorry for your mother, or sorry you got you can't go to mage school. It drove me crazy, because she's not the one who should be apologizing. Do you think your mother will ever apologize? Leah wants to know. Calissa snorts in return. <laughs> she rules with the iron fist here. Calissa gestures around the corridor they're walking down. She's ten times worse outside of this place. She would never apologize. She'd rather die first. Damn, that sucks. Leo scratches the back of his neck. My grandmother always said I married man has so many words. Calissa deadpans. Leo's laughter feels sudden to his own ears as people stop walking to see where the noise came from. I like to meet the woman who raised such a lovely young lady. Calissa snorts deep in her throat at this. Might want to hurry then. She's almost dead. There's another somber expression crossing Calissa's face, and Leo feels bad for putting that there. He wants to say something witty or soothing, but they're at the classroom. I'm right next door. This is your class, Leo points. Professor is nice enough. Just keep your head down. I'm sure rumor is already spreading things to Abigail. Lovely. Calissa shakes her head. Thanks for all your help. I got it from here. She gives him a half smile and walks into the classroom. As everyone is off at their prospective rooms, Zink is sitting in his history class listening to his professor, Mr. Polk. The professor is tall, about 6'3", with platinum-colored short hair and emerald light blue eyes. He's skinny in frame, with high cheekbones and a slow, monotone voice. Who here did the reading assigned over the summer? The teacher drones on. A few hands go up like Yaya Ringer, class president. Ms. Ringer, please sum up the reading. Well, Yaga stands and flips her auburn-colored hair over her shoulder. There's a smirk on her face like she's proud of being chosen to recite the reading that no one else bothered to care about because everyone else has a life. Get on with it, Scott, a fellow student, shouts. There's some chuckles and Yaya scowls until the class is quiet. Think just sighs and closes his eyes. Shut up, Scott, Yaya sneers for the hell of it.
Anyways, there was a lot of reading that we had to do. It mainly taught us the history behind immortals, the color scale, and how the first mage was discovered 1,500 years ago in Egypt. Fascinating. Scott pretends to snore. I know, Scott. Professor Pope Deadpans continue, Ms. Ringer. Well, the first mage was discovered over 1,500 years ago in Egypt. Yaya continues. He was apparently so powerful, people would choke on his energy being emitted and they would die. That's why he developed limiters, which are spelled items that absorb energy to help limit powerful majors. Thank you. Professor Polk Ghost Hopper. Wait, the best part is that there are documents that say this mage lived for over 300 years before he died. She speaks faster and some of the class start to sit up. They said his eyes were normally brown, but sometimes they sparked a dark glowing blue. The mark of an immortal. Thank you. Professor Polk stares her down until she... pouts and puffs up a huff of breath and sits down. Can anyone tell me what they know about immortals? Anyone besides Miss Ringer? She glares at the professor in return. Uh, yeah. Trevor speaks up. Zink opens one eye to see his friend, and Trevor merely shrugs as he continues. Immortals have a mark. Their eyes glow a dark blue when they lose control of their emotions, which is also dangerous because it means they can break any limiters they're wearing. Immortals are also known to have fits of rage. They age slow, and they tend to find each other, no matter what, like they're drawn to each other's magic. Professor Polk begins talking again, but Zink tunes out when his eyes roll in the back of his head. He's getting a vision. The room is filled with boxes, and there's a suitcase on the bed. A girl is putting folded clothes into the suitcase as an elderly woman enters the room. The elderly woman looks on the dresser and stares at a photo of a woman before placing the photo face down. Callie, the elderly woman speaks with a soft tone. Keep your head down at the school and just do what you can until you're 18. I'll be alone at that school. The teenager stops packing and sits on the edge of the bed. A tear rolls down her right cheek and the elderly woman wipes it away with her thumb. Darling, the elderly woman's voice is shaking like it's breaking. If there was another way, but there is. The teenager sounds so desperate broken. I can stay here. I can take care of you. I can find a way to cure you. How can I just abandon you and go to that cursed place with that woman? Because I said so. The elderly woman's voice is a bit firmer now. This is not up for discussion. Right. The girl scoffs. I just have to go to school, surrounded by powerful mages, while I stand in the background dormant. I have to be the outcast once again and keep all of these secrets at the same time. I'm tired of being an outcast. I'm tired of being alone. I just want a friend that's not you. Why? Why do I have to leave you and be alone again? The teenager cries, and the elderly woman doesn't speak anymore.
The vision ends and Zink runs a hand down his face. The vision was of Calissa and he could feel how lonely she was, how distraught she was as she broke down in front of what has to be her grandmother. Zink looks to Trevor and sees him answering another question. Zink looks down at his desk and knows that he has to make an effort with Calissa. She doesn't deserve to be that alone, secrets or not. She's one of them now. He'll make sure she's not alone again.